I came across, and maybe you've seen it, it's out recently, just the end of last year, about unlikely friendships. And in this book, they feature uh, very strange friendships. Uh, a rhino and a goat, orangutan and a tiger cub, a snake and a very trusting hamster. My goodness. A cheetah and an Anatolian shepherd, and a monkey and a dove. Well, this is only a few. The book is filled with stories like that about how you would never expect friendships would breach across those two types. Anyway, here is another one. Here is Brutus. You can see him up there in the picture. 1,000 pounds, six inches taller than... Thank you, Shaquille. I have a hard time with Shaquille. O'Neal. Wow. That's scary. Uh, Casey... Uh, rescued uh, Brutus when he was just five months old and raised him. Even had Brutus as his best man in the wedding. When Brutus eats, it consists of 20,000 calories a day. Now, my wife is on a much more severe diet than that. And he peels his own oranges. I didn't know it was possible for them to do that. Cassie and uh, Bruce... Uh, Brutus are best friends. Who would have ever expected that? Sermon is about friends. About friends. Tara is a 35-year-old Asian elephant. You can see her there in the picture. And Bella, a guard dog. They live on an 1,800-acre potential habitat. Uh, protected habitat, excuse me. And much to the disdain of the other elephants who don't like the fact that Bella is so close and attached to Tara... They kicked dirt in uh, Bella's face, and they would throw things at her, letting her know that she's not supposed to be friends with an elephant. But you know what? These two eat together, drink together, and sleep together. They're friends. Friendship is wonderful. It's amazing what it can do. What are friends for? A book was released a few years ago called The Girls from Ames. Apparently, these are girls that graduated from school together, and they just decided they're going to stay friends. For 40 years, they have stayed friends. They are more comfortable discussing almost anything with their friend than with anybody else, including doctors. Uh, they reported how friendship sustained them during these years. They were the first people, when danger struck, that they told about the problem. And the friends were immediate to respond. Aren't friends precious they are there when you need them. They would send gifts. One woman had cancer, and because another had a sister that went through that, they knit a hat for her because they knew that she would need that. And um, various different gifts. And they were immediate. Women are naturally prone for friends. Hang with me here. We're going to get to spiritual reasons. I'm laying the ground for care. Women's respond to, to stress by a cascade of brain chemicals that are released that make them maintain friendships with other women. God helps them in doing this, just sets them up. And so when they need friends, here comes the chemical wash, and the oxytocin, oxytocin moves them to tend and to gather. And that, when they do that, tends to release more oxytocin, which increases it. But they need women. They need somebody to do it with. Hence, women's friendships tend to be more emotional. Well, males are a little different. We've all known that. 
uh, more geared to companionship and altruism. Doing noble good things uh, with other men is important. Being companions. They will go on a motorcycle ride or out hunting or whatever, fishing. They help each other. However, in a six-year study of 736 middle-aged Swedish men, attachment to a single person didn't appear to affect the risk of heart attack and fatal coronary heart disease, but having multiple friends did. So friends still are important to men. What it does, it does something to our bodies. It sets us up to operate on a little different mode when we have friends. It gears our emotions. It gears all of the chemicals in our body to go a certain direction. Friends are wonderful, absolutely wonderful, very necessary. Friends, if you have them, ten or more, you're four times less likely to die, period. Well, you will die, but not as often as the other people do that don't have friends. Greater benefit than spouse is a or if even a family member are friends. Did you see that? Friends are, have more benefit than even family members. It's true for men, too. More friends. It cuts the, cuts the risk of death by 60%, less likely to develop physical, that is compared to non-friend relationships, less likely to develop physical impairments as they age, and not having friends, look at that last one, is as detrimental as what? Smoking and obesity, two big deals in our world today. We do need friends just to get along. Friends change the way we think. Here was an interesting study that I looked at, and you can find these, they're on the Internet. How steep is the hill? So they would put just strangers together, and they would have them look at the hill in front of them, and they would have rank how difficult it would be to climb up that hill. And then they would take their responses and compare it to the responses of when you were with friends standing at the base of the hill and looking up. And the hill is never as steep when you're with friends. It changes your perceptions. You have to have friends. Very important. God designed it that way. Now, if you don't have friends, if your social network gets smaller, as it does, Mortality increases, it weakens your immune system, it raises your blood pressure, and it reduces the quality of sleep. I'm going to see a friend tonight who's going to also help me fix my computer, but he's a friend. We always see each other and talk to each other, and we'll always be friends. Since 1985, Americans are losing both in the quantity and the quality of close friendships. It's something being sacrificed in our society today. And you can believe that if the Lord inspires people to come to these meetings and they walk through that door, they're wanting to find friendships. That's what they're looking for. The average number of confidence per citizen has dropped from four to two. Half. 25% of Americans have no close confidence at all. One quarter probably most of them men. An increasing number of men report of having no friend at all, many not even with their spouse. Wow. Not knowing how to be close, transparent, or connected. They don't know how. 
And so if they were in a relationship they would, that had the potential of becoming a real friendship relationship, they would know how to nurture that or even respond to it. They'd probably go the other direction. Difficult. They, this leaves them unsure of themselves because friendship gives confidence and feeling empty, unloved, and unimportant. Friendship is often the first casualty of our busy lives. And so the craze in the social media today is a false hope in getting friends. doesn't happen that way, but people are hungry for it. It's amazing what people reveal about themselves and this huge desire that they have for friendships. They reveal it on their Facebook. Don't look for me on Facebook. I'm not there. Benefits of friendships. They increase your sense of belonging and purpose. They boost your happiness. They reduce stress. They improve your self-worth and they help you cope with trauma, such as the things that come to us, divorce, serious illness, job loss, or death of a loved one. And it's hard to get through life without friends. They encourage you to change or avoid unhealthy lifestyles. That's good. Did you hear that? Friendships can help you to become a better person. Because a friend doesn't just simply go and let you go down in the dumps. They just don't allow that. They come after you. So here are the essential elements of friends. Creating an atmosphere of safety. Friends don't try to control each other. They respect boundaries. They avoid being judgmental. And when we're not judgmental, that allows us to let our guard down, and stop from being closed, open up, and our lives can change. Being a positive yet honest friend builds friendship, which enables growth. You can't grow apart from this. You're stuck. Friends believe in us even when we can't, and we need to have those kind of people. They have the gift of listening. I remember uh, not that many years ago. Well, I guess it is now because the years just keep going by. Well, I woke up in ministry one day realizing I couldn't be a minister because I didn't know how. To, I didn't know what went on in other people. I didn't know how to read them. I didn't know. I didn't. I remember going to a um, class in the seminary where the, the like you saw here in the in the DVD uh, presentation, the, the professor showed this. It was um, about a counseling session. I watched that thing intensely from beginning to end. And I saw an amazing thing happen, and I had no idea how it happened or why it happened. And I came back home, and I looked at myself, and I looked at myself as being a pastor, and I says, I'm not qualified to be a pastor. Pastors need to be able to have that gift. Lord, you've called me. I know you've done that. You've called me into ministry. I don't have any aptitude towards friendship at all. I don't have any aptitude to understand. It's just beyond me entirely. And I said, if you want me to be a minister, and you know I need this gift, give it to me. And it was amazing. Within a matter of less than a month, suddenly when I would listen to people, I would hear things I never heard before. So God wants us to be friends. And he will give us the gifts to help us. And one of those is listening. To be able to hear what is in the really, maybe not even being said, but what is in the heart. People are longing to have that kind of connection. Focus in friendship is more on being rather than doing. Where in the world do you find people that you can talk to about who you are 
and who you are becoming and can talk that through. That's what friendship is all about. Having someone that you can have that safety and security enough in to be able to talk about such important subjects that really have an impact, a huge impact on you. God wants us to have those kind of friends. Someone that can explore with us who we are. Someone that can help us forge our identity. Someone who can enrich us. Time spent together is essential. Even if you're not physically together, like these graduates from, or these friends from high school, 40 years, they're not physically close. But they are close on the phone or internet. They stay connected. I like these quotes. Henry Ford, my best friend, is the one who brings out the best in me. That is true. Aristotle, what is a friend? A single soul in two bodies. Do you have a friend that's that way? Cahill Gibran, a great poet from um, Middle East. Friendship is always a sweet responsibility, never an opportunity. Something you take responsibility for. Uh, James Fenimore Cooper, he wrote what? The Last Mohican? Last the Mohicans. Friendship that flows from the heart cannot be frozen by adversity, as the water that flows from the spring cannot congeal in winter. Henry David Thoreau, the most I can do for my friend is simply be his friend. I have no wealth to bestow upon him. If he knows that I am happy in loving him, he will want no other reward, and that is true. Is not friendship divine in this? And hence the title of our sermon today. It is divine. No soul is desolate as long as there is a human being for whom it can feel trust and reverence. A friend is someone who understands our past, believes in our future, and accepts us just the way we are. Well, God was in the business of making friends. And when he wanted a when he wanted a, a national or a group of people to represent him, he started by building a friendship with someone who he was going to call the father of his people. And that was Abraham. He met with him and talked with him when he was still living in the pagan town of Ur. He stayed with him while he moved west up into the northern Canaan area in Haran. His father, a moon worshiper, but Abram was building a friendship with God. Probably his father didn't even understand it. And that friendship called Abraham to leave his father and to go into Canaan. God made some wonderful promises to him, but I think the most precious thing about that was that God and Abraham were already friends. When I was a little boy, um, not much older than some of the boys here today, I loved to go out side in the backyard in Fresno, California in the summer nights on the grass and take my sleeping bag out there and look up at the great sky filled with stars. There weren't that many lights in those days, you know. You could see them. And I had some quiet moments with God. Young boys build friendships with God like that. Other times that I would work on that was when I was alone in my bedroom at night and there were squeaky, squeaky sounds that I would hear throughout the house and they bothered me and I got worried. Something, you know, kids start worrying about almost anything. 
And somehow, when I got that feeling, I knew I had someone I can talk to. It was God. And I talked to him. The friendship that I enjoy today in God, with God, was developed as a little boy in those ways. I would talk to him and I would say, God, did you hear that? <laughs> God, come close. Can you somehow touch me or something and let me know you're nearby? A little boy talking with God. And he talked with Abraham. And Abraham and God believed in each other. And because righteousness came out of that, right doing comes out of friendship. He became God's friend forever because when God makes friendships, are they just for a short while? God makes eternal friendships. And so let's take a look. They had an atmosphere of safety. They could respect each other's boundaries. They talked to each other. Did God ask Abraham, uh, did he start lecturing him? Did he start uh, uh, pointing out all of his sins and all this kind of stuff? Just developed a friendship. Eventually he had to tell him a few things. That's what friendships do. But first he established the friendship. So Abraham didn't have to be guarded. He can be open and trust God. God knew him and would accept him. And it was a positive and honest friendship that enabled growth to take place. They were listening to each other. Every morning Abraham would make that trek up to the mountain where he and his son had built a little altar and they would talk to God. And the son, listen to this, the son grew to love the father in heaven as much as he loved his father on earth in just observing the friendship between Abraham and God. It was a real friendship and it was passed in that way from one generation to next. And it was a friendship that was based more upon being than on doing because you see, even though God made promises to Abraham, all through those years of Abraham's life, the only property, even though the whole thing was promised him, that he owned was his gravesite. That was it. But he didn't need the property. He had a friend in heaven. They spent time together. Moses was also God's friend. The Lord would speak to Moses. How? If you are a friend of God, would he speak to you that way? Boy, God does talk to me. I, I, I'm getting better. Once in a while, I'm pretty good. I listen and I hear it. If I don't catch it, it sometimes is gone. You know, I have to pay attention. Sometimes I might need to write it down. He gives me impulses. He gives me directions. And sometimes they're just a flash. They come through my head. He talks to me. He talks to friends, his friends. And Moses is one that he talked to. As a man speaketh with his friend. The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. So God said, if there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision. And will speak unto him in a dream. God talks personally. My servant Moses is not so. Who is faithful in all my house? With him will I speak how? Mouth to mouth, even apparently. No guessing about this one. It's very visible. And not in dark speeches. So, Moses, as a friend, listen to this, Moses as a friend was closer to God than prophets were. 
Did you see that? And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. God's not holding anything back. Well, if God was willing to do that with Abraham and he was willing to do that with Moses, is he willing to do that with his people that are waiting for him in the last days of this earth's history? Perhaps the most important generation that's ever lived. I think so. And so, again, we have to create an atmosphere where we respect each other and, and uh, have a respect for the boundaries. We don't start telling God what to do, and God doesn't necessarily just mandate all the things in our life. He's patient with us. Being positive and yet honest with each other, building trust so growth can take place. By the way, sometimes the greatest growth happens when we're waiting for an answer that stretches out in Abraham's life, his whole life, waiting for some of those promises to come true. He went to sleep in death, waiting for some of those promises to come true. But they're going to come true. I like the way God was with Moses. Um, he told Moses that because of his failure to represent God aright, which a friend should always do, when he struck the rock, he was not allowed to go into the promised land. But think about this. You know the answer to this one. God led him up the mountain and let him see into the promised land. And years and years and years later, when Jesus came to this earth and he was facing some overwhelming challenges and dis discouragement, God sent some ambassadors from heaven down to earth. Elijah and Moses, guys that have had a hard time in life. And do you think that was a good enough trade-off for Moses to be able to meet with Jesus and give Jesus some encouragement? Is that better than seeing the, or going into the promised land? Oh, how wonderful. How wonderful indeed. God is so good about this. He treats his friends sometimes better than they ask. Well, I think always probably better than they ask. And it is a friendship based upon being. God is interested in who we are and who we are becoming. Friendship is really the story all through the Bible. Jesus' disciples were his friends. Friendships. Henceforth, I call you not servants, the text for today, because a servant doesn't know what his Lord is doing, but I have called you friends, for I have told you everything that my Father and I have made known to you. I've told you everything. Friends do that. I don't think I've told my friend that I'm going to see tonight everything. And I may not this time. But I'm glad that we have the trust in each other to do it if we want to. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils, devils and in thy name many wonderful works? Then I will... Profess unto them, I never knew you. They were never friends. Build a friendship with Jesus and build a friendship with other people. We're designed that way. It means time. It means having the ability to open up your heart big enough for someone else to safely reside there. You will be doing exactly what God wants you to do and what is so essential in Christianity and in life. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. That's what friends hear. 
and experience. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I shall say to, I will say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you. So when you become a friend of Jesus, you also become a friend of God. You don't need an intercessor anymore. You go right to God. It is just so fantastic. That's what God wants. There is no distance between us, just as there isn't between Jesus and the Father. Okay, friendships enjoy an inner mutual knowledge, known even as we are known. Know my sheep and am known of mine. Friendships help us to see things differently. We can see things about hope and things that cannot normally be seen. Friendships forge new identities. With open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, we're changed in the same image from glory to glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. A friend is one of the nicest things you can have and one of the best things you can be. We are starting this afternoon a process of developing friendships. Oh yes, we're going to have some great preaching and great presentations and there's going to be good stuff that people will be excited about. But what we are starting is a process of making new friends. And that friendship will open up hearts to be open to Jesus as well. And there will be wonderful things that come from that. I'm so excited about this year. It's pretty exciting. I don't know, when was the last time you had a whole year's calendar filled with evangelistic efforts? When was that? Do you remember? Never. This is amazing what, you're, what we're doing. And, uh, and we're doing it in, in so many different varied ways. It's kind of exciting. It is exciting. So I'm so thankful for that. Friendship is a relationship made in heaven, and we have the opportunity to do that. I don't think people can even get into heaven without friendships. I think it's part of the preparation. I think it's necessary. So if you should happen to feel today, as I did a number of years ago, that you don't have friends, or you don't even know how to make friends, you might try what I did. Simply pray to the Lord, say, Lord, I really realize that not much good is going to come out of my life unless I can learn how to do this. Help me. And maybe what will happen to you is what happened to me. Here it is. Surprise the daylights out of me. Less than a month later, I was able to finally hear what was inside somebody that I couldn't even fathom before. And that's a gift that's remained. And I'm so happy for that. May God make us all friends. Remember, that's what Jesus asked. I do not call you servants. I call you friends. May God bless us. Thank you for your willingness to be our friend. What an amazing thing. It's wonderful just to have you as our God, but to be our friend too. Personally connected with us in a bond, one by one with each of us. Teach us what it means to be a friend. Show us by your way of being a friend with us how we should friend others. Go with us to make friends in this, our life, among our family, among our relatives, among our neighbors, and throughout this town. To meet new people, make an ever-widening circle of friends. Bless thy people as they go from this place, your house of worship. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.